Hey filmmakers, Jason Brubaker talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Joining us is the Tom Malloy, independent film producer and one of the key instructors over here at Filmmaking Stuff in terms of all of our courses. He's actually in production on two feature films and he has the world premiere of another feature coming um, in October, which is going to be followed by a theatrical release. So, hey Tom, uh, I guess the big question is, are you getting any sleep? I am, you know, I did, I feel like I did that. I, I did, yeah, there is a video that I just put out on YouTube about do producers ever sleep? And I did talk about that, that it's based on what you have to do. If you got to get stuff done, okay, then you don't sleep or you sleep very little. But when you can, you don't go, oh, I'm going to go out tonight. You know what I mean? You go, all right, I can catch up. I can get eight hours. You know what I mean? So it's like when you sneak them in there, because they have proven, new studies have proven that you can catch up on sleep. So you can catch up on sleep. And so it, it's it's something that I'll try to do when I have the time. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it feels a little bit like maybe having a baby. I guess in a sense it is, right? Yep, <laughs> so, yep, yep. So, so you get totally, to sleep when you can. But yeah. yeah, so so you were working on those two, um, but you also have another film that you did complete, Ask Me to Dance. That's going to be coming out. You, you're going to have like a theatrical screening coming up. I want to talk to you a little bit, though, about your distribution plans for that, because you work in distribution and you produce films. So why don't you walk us through like what your goals are and mm -hmm. how are you going to achieve those goals by, you know, both domestic and international? Well, yeah. Okay, great. I mean, yeah, we don't just have, just so you know, we don't have a screening coming up. That's the actual premiere, which we're debating on doing it the night before, which is the normal uh, time you do it either the night or a couple nights before. No normally, this is a fun little statistic. You usually do the premiere on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, and then you open the film um, on you know Friday, uh, which usually starts Thursday night. So the most premieres I've gone to in uh, Los Angeles have been uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. But um, so we're just debating on that because some people just unfortunately won't be available on Thursday. Uh, so we might be just doing it the, the night that it opens, but it opens theatrically October 7th. And uh, we are in, I believe, 30 markets around the country. And so we'll have to see how it does. You know, it, 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 if it catches on and we're, we're, we're doing marketing and we, we have different companies that we're working with, all great companies, and we're trying to get as much bang for our buck. But the one thing that's, that's really cool about a theatrical is even if it doesn't become a big hit and take off and become the next <laughs> big fat Greek wedding or something like that, uh, it could very much help your VOD release. And if it does that, then you can get better placement on your, your VOD, if that all makes sense. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to unpack some of that. So first of all, my apologies, you know, when I was taking these notes pre-call, mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize this was a full-on theatrical release. My, in my mind, you were having a cast and screen, yeah, a cast and crew screening. Yeah, And, no. and look at you, <laughs> full-on theatrical. So before we get to like how that helps VOD and that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. why did you decide to go theatrical is it was it just to help vod or was it to you know hopefully get big box office Funny enough we did a um we did a, a, a preview screening that i don't know if you were at actually I, 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 of course you were invited but it was in los angeles and we did a cast and crew it actually it wasn't even some crew it was more like friends and family screening and it played so well in the theaters. I mean, people were crying. People were like, dude, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And so we had such a reaction on that that we were like, maybe we need to see if this becomes, like I said, a big fat Greek wedding type of scenario 
where it just takes off and people just love it. So that's what was the the start of it. And at the same time, I have, you know, long-term the theatrical connections with, with some people. Um, in fact, one of the main guys working on it, I've known since 1997. So it's been a long time of doing, you know, of, of, of relationship, nurturing relationship. And he was the head of distribution at Focus Features and IFC and stuff like that. So, um, you know, ultimately it just seemed to, to fit. And, and again, yeah, they, will it, it, it will help the VOD no matter what it does because a movie in theaters always gets better placement. And that's something that you should that I should be um, more specific about. When you say placement, like think of iTunes. I'll use them as an example as this like gigantic bin. It's this gigantic bin of movies. You know, that's the, like a bin in Walmart. But imagine you know a million movies in there that you'd have to sort through. But when you go to iTunes, you see the ones on the top that are the new releases. You know, the top ten or fifteen. That's where you want to be because if you're not one of those icons there, people have to specifically search out your film. And when you are there, which is called premium foldering or premium placement, that's when you start making some sick money. Yeah, well, um, you know, premium placement, it, I guess there's even more things I want to unpack. You know, it's like before, it's, everything you say, I'm like, oh, there's like 15 things that I'm pretty sure our listeners would want to know. Okay. So I don't know if you're at liberty to really talk about the deal structure, but could you vaguely talk about how one would go about getting a theatrical release? Because would you say 30 some theaters? That yeah. sounds pretty big. Well, one thing was we had to have AMC screen it and like it, which they did, you know, so that was that was a thing. And uh, so that was one thing. And the other thing is I had some connections theatrically, theatrical releasing companies. And but I mean, that's not if you just say you said oh i gotta i, I want to get in with a theatrical releasing company and they they agree to release your film to 100 theaters right who's gonna go and that's the key is who's gonna put the butts in seats so you can't even if i had a friend that says tom i'll put in 100 theaters do we have the marketing money to support getting people to those theaters so for us we had to look back and go all right who do we have in the cast and you know and our reach through one of our EPs is huge in the crypto world. Some of our cast has huge social media following. One of our people, the, the choreographer of the movie is, is kind of a very big in the swing dance community. And where are, we asked him, what are the best, tell me the top three cities that you could mobilize an audience to. Then we have two different, we have a PR company attached. Then we have an in-theater marketing company attached that could target those, you know, and go on keywords and stuff like that based on the film. So all of that stuff gets butts in seats and it's all a cost, which is funny enough, another old term, prints and advertising, P and A. I say it's an old term because it's not many prints anymore. It's all digital. Like nobody's shipping it actually. You used to actually have to fuck. I remember one time when my movie Love and Dancing came out, we went, I went all the way down to Orange County to attend the screening in, in the theater and they didn't have the print. And I'm like, oh my God. And I called somebody that had to drive the cans down and load it in the theater and we started the movie like an hour and a half late uh thank god they got there and uh, you know i had to give the person 200 bucks to do you know for their trouble but bottom line is it's like that's what it used to be print but pna a was always the ultimate thing so now it's really almost like a dna digital but th that's not a ca cause a very low cost to get the movie transferred is it's like bandwidth you know 50 100 per theater to just uh, uh deliver the movie to theater but the advertising money is everything that's the butts and seats money, you know. And then with all that, like, how long do you stay in the theaters? Is there a guaranteed, like, time or, or is it just 
based on the no. performance of the movie. The only guarantee is one week. That's the only guarantee is the time is one week. So if you do well in the theaters, then you can get two weeks, three weeks, ultimate, even unlimited weeks. You know what I mean? If a movie's still playing well and, and doing well, but really one week is the only time commitment that you get. And you know, look, so anybody can put their film in theaters with doing something called four wall, which is buying the theater, renting it, and then uh, you keep all the receipts. But these aren't that. These are actual AMC playing the theater, and then it's a, a revenue split share between AMC and us. So. Yeah, got it. Well, I mean, like all of that's really interesting. So I guess for our listeners, and I know you've been working at this for a long time, and you have your own distribution company mm. um, and all of that stuff. But for somebody that's just like, I got this great movie, I want to, I want to take it out theatrically. Like, is there anything they can do to increase their odds? Like you'd mentioned like cast yet again, yes. that that word keeps coming, 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 you mm -hmm. know, cast. Is that like the major thing you can do? Yeah, I would say cast is probably number one. You want to make a bigger film with bigger cast, you know, recognizable cast. But genre too, you know, genre can be something. It's like a drama is probably the, the hardest to get, you know, but this one's is a, a real fun comedy something that people would kind of go out to see the reason i say drama is so tough is that people usually go that doesn't need to be seen in a theater you know what i mean like a horror movie probably or an action is so much better in the theater and a comedy i'll argue is the same like a community experience of laughing the funniest movies i've ever seen in my life uh wedding crashers uh, uh you know hot tub time machine i'm trying to think of the times i saw them in theaters i was at the premiere of hot tub time machine i'm like it's the funniest movie ever I remember watching it again on TV and being like, oh, it's actually not as funny as I thought it was. But it's like the, when there's 400 people laughing, you're thinking it's the funniest ever. I mean, you know, it's like that's just the way it is. And so, um, you know, so doing one of those genre type movies is better than doing the edgy drama or an art house. You know, you can play art house cinemas. They're not going to make a ton of money unless it's something revolutionary and interesting and, and catches the zeitgeist. How does this affect you internationally when you, you know, down the road, when you, when you decide to take this out internationally um, for television or VOD or what have you over in the other territories, will it help? That's an interesting question. Cause I've had people think that that was the layup. Like, Oh, I put in 10 theaters and then, you know, internationals go through the roof. It, that used to be the case. There used to be a, a little loophole where you can get it in a certain amount of theaters and that would pump up all your international. They've gotten a little smarter on that now, knowing that people are just doing that. So I would just say it needs to be a hit. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a major hit, but it needs to be a somewhat of a hit. Then yes, in the US, then it'll help internationally. So it can't just be like, oh, we did these theaters. I, trust me, I've done it. I mean, like we sold those where it's like, yeah, this movie's in theaters. And the buyer's like, yeah, <laughs> they didn't care. But if they had heard about it and it had been, hey, it did this much in theaters, um, you know, then it, it would have, I think we would have done very well. Right. So, so they, they want to know what the numbers are and, mm -hmm. and that's really yeah. the only um, bit of leverage you have is if it did good numbers. I mean, it can't hurt, I guess, if you were in theaters, but from what you're saying, it's becoming more and more commonplace for, I guess, the pitch that these international buyers, the, the pitches they're hearing and that kind of stuff, because everybody's trying to like. Everybody's trying to do it. Yeah. And, you know, the only time a theatrical could hurt is if you dump a ton of money in it say you dumped, you know, $500,000 into an art housey type edgy drama and you played a week and you made 10,000 in receipts. Well, shit, you've just, you know, you lost $490,000 on that. That's what it hurts, you know? So you just got to be really smart about hiring the right people and spending the right money. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming by, especially now that I know how 
dang busy you are. But guess what? I man, always. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going to bug you again next week uh, yeah, to talk to you because I want to hear more about this. And I'm sure our listeners do, too. I appreciate you coming by, Tom. Anytime. Good. All right. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Jason Brubaker with Filmmaking Stuff. If you like today's conversation, you'll love uh, the Filmmaking Stuff Mastermind. You can check that out over at FilmmakingStuffHQ.com. And once again, FilmmakingStuffHQ.com.